This episode is brought to you by Baxol. Baxol is vegan, non-GMO hyaluronin, which is an excellent source of naturally occurring glucosamine, as well as a critical component in making cartilage strong enough to handle compressive force within the joint. If you are at a point in your life where you know you've done some joint damage, uh, Baxol is an excellent solution. Uh, It's available right there in our online store. And we're also sponsored by AminoComplete RX. AminoComplete RX is enzymatically pre-digested powdered collagen protein. Uh, take it at bedtime on an empty stomach to assist the body in its recovery process. It'll help you build lean muscle mass as part of any exercise program or even just a busy life. We all need to regenerate from our hectic lifestyles and AminoComplete RX is the answer. It's stimulant-free, non-habit-forming, sugar-free, carbohydrate-free. Uh, it provides a combination of both essential and non-essential amino acids. So start ter- taking care of yourself. AminoComplete RX is the best place to begin. And and uh, it'll be available right here on this episode page, as well as in our online store at everythingu.com. And also, if you haven't, uh, tr- uh, please become a member. Uh, becoming a, Signing up to become a member is a way to not only support the podcast so that we are able to keep bringing great guests and keep functioning, uh, but you get uh, tons of member benefits as well as discounts on everything on, on our in our store. So if you uh, if you sound like these, these sponsors are something that you would like to to give a try for yourself, sign up to become a membership. It's a dollar a month. I can't, couldn't make it cheaper than that. $12 a year. And even after your first purchase, you'll have saved 12 bucks. Um, so we can't encourage you enough to do that. Uh, and with that, enjoy the show. If you listen closely, you can hear the voices. You can hear them whisper the legacy to you. Go on, lean in. From somewhere deep inside the evergreen forests of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Everything you know is wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. With Jeremy Horn. We're an inhuman monster! I said good day! Yo! This is the second episode in our three-episode arc, tracking uh, kind of the, the the standard career arc of a, of, of a stand-up comedian, life of a stand-up comedian. Uh, this is our second guest. This is David Huntsberger. And once again, we are out of the Treetop Tavern studio, our usual studio. And we were, uh, Paul and I were on the road in Los Angeles visiting friends and doing work. Uh, and so this is, a, this is an excellent episode. I really got a lot out of this one, really enjoyed. Um, for those of you that don't know uh, David Huntsberger, uh, a lot of you actually may know him. Uh, the, for the ones of you that do, I'm sure you know him from uh, from Professor Blastoff, which was his uh, his podcast that he did with Tig Notaro and Kyle Dunnigan. Um, I'm sure a lot of you know Tig Notaro. She's a she's a comedy icon. And uh, Kyle Dunnigan, for people that don't know, is, is a lot of you remember him as, as Craig from Reno 911, the uh, the 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 serial killer, the slightly effeminate serial killer Craig with the lisp. Um, if you Reno 911 fans, yeah, Kyle Dunnigan's hilarious. Um, and uh, a lot of you actually may know him from uh, his TV show on Sci Fi Reactor, where he was the star and the host. Uh, and I believe that was uh, one one or two seasons of uh, of the show Reactor. Uh, and this is an actually uh, an extra special episode because. David is actually coming to Seattle. So if you enjoy the podcast, you enjoy listening to him, you'll be able to see him. Uh, Monday, May 29th, he'll be in Seattle at the Annex Theater at 8 p.m. And Tuesday, May 30th, he'll be in Olympia, Washington at La Voyere at uh, 8 p.m. So uh, t- uh, get some tickets for those. And if you if you have trouble finding it, just, just contact us and we'll guide you the rest of the way. We also have a special bonus for our listeners. Uh, David has a DVD, which is pretty unique. In fact, I think it's completely unique in, in stand-up comedy. It's an animated stand-up special. And, and animated in that he is performing his his uh, his his stand up and uh, timed to his performance is is animated features and animations that are that are basically co- uh, correlate to his performance. So it all happens in real time. It all happens on the fly. But it's a pretty uh, amazing experience. And uh, I, as far as I know, I don't think anyone else has done anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. But it's tremendous. So uh, that DVD we will be selling for twenty dollars. And with that purchase of that DVD, you will get free tickets to either the show in Seattle on May 29th or the show in Olympia on the 30th. So basically pay 20 bucks, get a DVD and then get free tickets to the show. So it's a, it's a phenomenal deal and, um, and, and really exciting way to get to know him. And I'm sure he'll sign it for you. Tell him you're a fan of the show and he won't believe you, but he's a great guy. So he'll probably, he'll sign it for you and say what's up anyway. Um, uh, David is, uh, for, for, for those that don't know him is an extremely thoughtful and intelligent comic, which makes him a very difficult commodity to fit into today's soundbite and clickbait culture. Um, 
because of that, rather than working the road, which is the kind of the traditional route and building your audience and, 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 you know, go to getting booked in venue after venue after venue until after a time you've amassed a certain number of followers and people that are looking for you and people that enjoy you. Uh, David's kind of gone a different road and he has, uh, he's kind of created and cultivated his own audience of people who come out specifically to see him. Uh, so he is, he's very good about, about, uh, catering to the, to the people that really know who he is and want to see his material. Um, a lot of the uh, same way that uh, Doug Stanhope is, is not in the same comedy way, but in the same kind of approach where people that go to a Doug Stanhope show go because they want to see Doug Stanhope. They don't go just because they're like, oh, let's see who this is tonight, uh, as they would at, a, at, a, at a, just a regular night at a comedy club, a regular weekend. Um, but that comes with a trade-off, and that trade-off means never selling out clubs and clubs and coliseums, it, you know, never, never selling out the huge theaters. But the reward uh, for that trade-off is is that his audience is built of extremely attentive rooms of people who appreciate and respect his work, which I know a lot of comics would be very, are very um, jealous of that. If we could all have every show be rooms of people coming out just to see us because they like us and love us, um, would, wouldn't that be, the, wouldn't that be the, the answer to all of our problems? This was a particularly uh, exciting interview because, uh, well, in it, I tell him about one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in a comedy hap, happened in a comedy room, and we talk about it in the interview. Uh, It involves his his, his podcast partner, his writing partner, Tig Notaro, and, uh, and it happened in Seattle. And the story ended up going viral around the comedy community as people shared it and, and um, uh, you know, told their varying different versions of it. Um, as, as happens when a comedian you respect does something amazing that you wish you would have thought of, you immediately want to tell other comedians you were not going to believe what Tig did last night. And, uh, and I was lucky enough to be a part of it and watch it happen in real time and watch it happen live. And it, it blew me away. And so I was thrilled to hear that people had been sharing that story because I knew it had gotten out there. But I was, uh, I was glad to hear that people were still talking about it. Uh, it was truly remarkable. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. David is an incredibly nice guy. In, in fact, he's such a nice guy that when I reached out to him about interviewing him in LA, uh, I wanted to make sure that we could use his studio to record so that we could have a, a good environment for sound and very professional. Uh, and he's got a great uh, setup for that. And, uh, you know, and just as if he were doing a favor for a homie. Uh, he, he said, uh, sure, no problem. And then when we got to LA, he, he helps us set up and says, well, see you later. And I was like, where, where, where are you going? He said, I thought you were going to do your interview. And I was like, no, I'm, we're interviewing you. That's the purpose. And he was like, oh my God, we had somehow miscommunicated. And he is such a nice, genuine guy that he thought I was being like, as a friend, like as a homie, like, yeah, man, you feel free to use my studio. Do, you know, do whatever you need. And I was blown away. It was, it was such a nice gesture. And in fact, I was like, no, man, I really wanted to talk to him because he's a fascinating guy, as you'll hear. Um, but that just lets you know what a sincere, genuine person he is that he was just, he figured I was just calling in a favor and he was, he was, didn't even hesitate, was up for it. Um, the, uh, this, this interview is, is, is great. It's educational. It's informative. And I've, I've come to hear after the last you know month of doing this, that people, I thought it would bore people's minds out, but people really like to hear the behind the scenes stuff about life as a comedian and, and the be, you know, the, 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 the inside baseball stuff. So this, this three character arc is a great way to do that. And this is an excellent, an excellent one. Um, but it's not for the faint of heart. There is some coarse language. Uh, it's nothing outside the norm of regular casual conversation you would have in private company. And it's probably a thousand thousand times less swearing you would hear at a typical bar at a Seahawks game. But um, uh, there, there is one segment that is mildly crass. But to be fair, David was simply quoting the movie Bad Santa, which as you'll hear in the interview, he shames me into rewatching, uh, which I still, I still have yet to do, but I will. And, he, and just to give you an idea, I was so engrossed in our conversation that I didn't even capitalize on the opportunity to do my Bernie Mac impression. The only impression I know how to do. My only impression, my Bernie Mac impression. Anyway, uh, listen to the interview. Enjoy Enjoy it. Uh, sign up, become a member, and uh, uh, we would really appreciate it. And other than that, enjoy David Huntsberger. Well, I'm curious. I so um, one of the, the reason why I wanted to talk to you is that your standup is always extremely intelligent. It's, oh, you actually have like a, a perspective, not just like a hot take on this thing in the news. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the only comedian I think that pretends to be much smarter on stage. Right? Everyone is... else does it. Down. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely right. Well, with the uh, uh, so, how long have you been doing it? Um, November will be 15 years. 15. Yeah. yeah. That's the wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah I yeah. guess so. People, when I was at four years, people were like, now you're getting your feet under you. And then seven. 
And then people just kind of start losing. Then it starts to become kind of sad. Like, oh, yeah. boy, you've been doing it a long time. You, right. <laughs> why don't you have your own television show? Right. Why haven't something? I seen you on TV? That's yeah. all. Yeah. Have you done much work in writing or anything like that? I mean, I, I did have a TV show for a bit, actually, which is funny to say. Like, people ask you, like, does this validate things now? And But it was just, you know, we I hosted five episodes of a show that was on at 11 p.m., 10 p.m., something like that, on Thursday nights in the middle of the summer on Sci-Fi. So a channel that, like, no one really watches for comedy. Right, There was no, like, promotional budget for it whatsoever. Like, there was not even, like, a fucking bus bench or anything, you know, just just something where you drive by, like, hey, this new show's coming out. And um, so that was kind of a bummer that, like, that didn't last, you know? Like, uh, but it was weird to think, like, you know, you do, say, two Conan sets, that's you being on someone else's show for four to five minutes, and that will go further than like, oh, you had, you were the, the main person for a thirty minute show, yeah, for five episodes, and no one sees it. That's so true. There's a, there's a weird like dichotomy there that I, I I just don't I I understand it completely, right? But you know, like you go into a comedy club if you if someone just has like the Conan logo on their poster, immediately people go, hey, let's check this yep, out, yep. even though they've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. and also it's funny how how our our our, our brains and emotions work where people see that and go, oh, I think I saw him on that. <laughs> they did not. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? But you immediately go like, I've seen so much. Yeah, I've developed this new theory lately, like watching several of my friends, you know, kind of climb over the hill into success. And I think what happens is like you have a base of people that are familiar with you. And if maybe even call themselves fans, right. but they're not actively engaged fans. Right. It's when the other people hear about it that those people suddenly go, hey, hey now. I was here first yes. and they're the first ones to buy tickets yes. and like prove it now. Yeah, I but agree. Prior to that, it's just like, oh, well, I listened to their album on Spotify so I can talk about them if their name comes up, but I'm not actively like supporting them. I'm not front row at their show. Right. It's once that like swell starts to happen, then I think people like take up and get active about it. I think like, you're right. But that's the magical secret. How do you get people to engage like that? Right, right? Yeah. It's, the, it's the easiest thing to say, hardest thing to encapsulate. Yeah. Right? And I, th- I don't think you can think about that. I think you, I mean. But I think when you have a, a, a distinct voice, which mm-hmm. after 15 years, you develop, you know what I mean? It, yeah. takes, it takes 10 years to actually say, here's my, I hear young comics all the time being like, I want to be like Bill Burr. I'm like, well, for eight years, Bill Burr was not Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. Bill Burr had to go do the corporate gigs and had to go do the boats and whatever, like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. and then when you're making enough money, you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to say whatever I want. And now <laughs> you can be Bill Burr. You know what I mean? Well, you know, like Tig had her thing with, you know, the, the set at Largo, to, uh, like talking about cancer mm-hmm. that, you know, these like the the notion of things being viral kind of happened before it was technically like the South Park guys had the the VHS tape you yep, know, that story that got passed mm-hmm. around and like I think with Bill Burr it was that Philadelphia set where he was getting booed right. and he yep. just like Shit. stood his ground and yeah. everyone was sh- not just comics but like everyone was sharing that like watch this this is incredible this yeah. Is yeah. Like yeah amazing yeah. and so I think everyone has their moment mm. like that like y- yeah. you have to stick in it a long time but then if there's something that kind of well, jumps on everyone's radar well Tig like you said you're pushing the stool <clears throat> on us uh, going. One, yeah, one that, little thing. That was I – mean, she had several of those Conan appearances that were kind of in succession with the whole Largo set. Like everything that was happening then was – Yeah, it formed a pattern where you keep seeing her <clears throat> yeah, again yeah. and again on YouTube or this. And so repeatedly now it's not just, hey, here's a one clip of a dog falling off. A, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now people are like, hey, this is the third time I've seen this mm-hmm. interesting person. Oh, that's funny. I got one for you. Uh, we uh, – in Seattle – um, Seattle's weird. Seattle used to be ground zero for comedy. Just tons of great yeah, comics. Yeah. You know? And I come to watch friends at the comedy store. I'm like, there's like six Seattle comics here. For him, Anwar, Jeff Dye. There's a ton, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've always felt pride in that, right? Ever, ever since that group graduated, there's really a dearth of really strong voices, right? Yeah. And so Seattle now has developed the reputation for being one of the worst places for comedy. Oh, because no. it's, Yeah, because people are so narcissistic and self-absorbed. It's like a sports <laughs> fan that winning all these championships and now you're like, we're the best. Like, yeah. no, you need, new, you need new draft picks, right? <laughs> so a lot of uh, comics that, are, uh, that, that, that young comedians love, mm-hmm. open micers love, will never come to Seattle anymore. Uh, they'll, they'll do the theaters and they'll do the clubs, but yeah. they will no longer do like a... Um, uh, Greg Barrent and um, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, right? Uh-huh. Basically openly said, we're not going back to Seattle. And it's because Seattle open bikers were so rude and so like full of themselves mm-hmm. as if they were important. It's like, you love this guy. This is this is your guy. And you were so rude. <laughs> and so uh, so all these comics are talking during everybody's sets, right? Yeah. And uh, it was before Tig blew up, right? So everybody's talking to everybody's sets. And like Greg Barron's just like, yo, like, I don't, who am I performing for? I don't understand. Like, it's, he's like, and it's, I can see you. It's all the comics talking. And these audiences trying to get through. He's like, who is, who's in charge here? He's like, because yeah. there, there's no, when it's comics, there's 
no booker, there's no manager, there's no gate. It's yeah. just it's just comics and being openly rude. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Tig comes up and it's just a course because it's in between in between comics at the mm-hmm. middle ground. Everybody starts getting louder and talking more. Tig comes up and it's a clamor. She just starts talking very quietly. Oh yeah, I've heard this story. Yeah, it's just kind of. And so me, I'm trying to hear Tig anyway, but then I'm saying I'm mad like everybody else, and all of a sudden I notice everybody else starts being more quiet. What's happening here? Something's (laughs) happening here. It was incredible. She just took over the entire room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of twenty fans and seventy comics, right? And everybody shut the hell up for the rest of the set, and she just destroyed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? So it was like that one moment of joy, and Greg Barron's just like, wow. Like Ron Funches there is like, okay, wow, that's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. amazing. So we see that and we're like incredible. But I was looking at all the open micers like, you all see? You all see what, you know what I mean? This looks like, this is what mm-hmm. you need to do. This is your, nobody cares about your five minutes on <laughs> the, the presidency, the election. Yeah, people get over, people get, I mean, that, I don't know if it goes away. If you start in that and you never see it, from, meaning like you start open mics and then you just think like, well, this will work out. It's worked out for all these people that right, I've seen. Right. Like it's a totally different era. Mm-hmm. You know, you see now mm-hmm. people have like, you know, a YouTube or a, a something, you know, like Vine stars that were blowing up. Yeah, Cause like God. then you can be just legitimately, you know, shooting a camera at yourself all day, every day. Which is what a lot of these open micers, I think they just want. Like it's the attention base. It's the attention, not the crap. That's what I'm so curious is you do the work, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, um, it's not like always a a weekend in Chicago. It's, I see you doing like four or five different clubs in a, in a, in a group. So I'm always curious, like that's such a broader, to me, a broader spectrum of people watching you. Have Mm -hmm. you noticed a shift or have you noticed more people that are like, we're here for Huntsberger. We want the, I think you, I think I, we are lucky, like, or me, um, it's two minor things. Like I've never really, I didn't get it. You know, I've never listed on like the 10 comics to watch or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those things translate really yeah. into any tangible success. It's right. it's like having put CDs and stuff out mm-hmm. online, like that helps. I mean, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that old model that starting out, that's what I thought would be the way it goes. It's sort of turned into old, like traditional radio. Like, yeah. You have albums out. They will get played. That's true. And you'll develop like this, you know, people that are cultivating their Pandora list or whatever, or like a Spotify list that you make it on. So they'll come out. So there are ways for like just just through attrition, like over time. Right. You see the crowds change. But yeah, like I would – there was a, a show in Omaha in like 2011 – I was middling for Christian Finnegan. And so he's been on the Chappelle show and he's got like a decent amount of exposure Mm -hmm. to where like this guy must draw a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. And he just kept kind of like shaking his head. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like these crowds are just, they're just people. Like Mm -hmm. they're just showing up to see comedy, Mm -hmm. but they weren't there really to see him. And we would stand at the end of like, and sell our wares at the end of the shows. I would just give people stickers. He had some DVDs of one of his comedy central specials. And he had, um, he had his wife's book. I don't know if she's gone on to write more, but this is for sure her first book. And she had a crazy life, crazy childhood. And he would do his whole act. He'd mention his DVD and then he'd go, and my wife wrote a book. He would legitimately do the pitch in 15 seconds. My wife wrote a book. It's about her life. She grew up here and her folks were blah, 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 blah. Gunshots and crazy and escaping. And anyway, I'll be selling that. It was that quick yeah. of a pitch. And we're standing at the end of like this merch line and people – and this sounds so negative, but like just being a profiler, it's mostly like slightly overweight people with like sequined jeans, which in the Midwest is just the trend. Bed- bedazzled yeah. <laughs> clothes is for whatever reason. Like I'm living a little. <laughs> and so the women all come by in these bedazzled jeans, the guys in like a lot of camouflage. And some of them, you know, would kind of look over and some look and then they pretend they don't see you. Some look and maybe would give a nod. That's weird. Very isn't it? few people. And, you know, you can, as a comedian, this story is getting out of hand, like, so long. But no, as, but I, I don't think people realize that, is that that's weird when after a show, people come over and then don't even look you in the eye. Well, if you it's go strange. to, like, uh, an old West town and they put on, like, a historic reenactment of a saloon fight. Yeah. And then you see all those actors doing that and the piano playing and, you know, the... Then the you show would end, and, and when you walk past them, you wouldn't be like, I'm a fan of yours now. <laughs> right. You'd feel really weird. Like, why am I next to the piano guy yeah, from that Yeah, that's show? true. That's true. And people it look takes at the comedy magic. that way. It takes they away the magic. That's true. Totally. I agree. You're right. You know, it's like having a, a piano player in, like, a hotel lounge. No one becomes a fan of that guy. They might go over and put a tip in, but if he's just hanging out, no one goes like, 
hey, a few people do. I think entertainers do. I think, but I think your average person is like, you're hired to entertain. You belong over there. Yeah. So, so anyway, like that's happening, and Christian and I are just standing there, and people are just filing out. Very few, a few looks, a few nods. Every now and again, a, a slight wave. These are people that enjoyed the show. Right. Like these shows right. went well. Right. But people just kind of. Very few like, hey, really loved it. What are you guys selling here? And so I the, – the selfish way to take it, I suppose, is like when people do show up and they're nice, you, that's who I appeal to, nice, cool people. Oh, yeah. In actuality, like the reason those people come over is because they are nice, cool people and they right. try to enjoy what's happening in their life. Right. They try to be aware of it. And so like those people, even if they didn't fully love it, they'll come over and be like, hey, great show, fellas, and take off. And you're like, those people, I bet, enjoy their lives. Mm, so yeah. they're not a lot of those people. It's just people That's streaming true. out, people streaming out. And Christian, he sold more books than DVDs. Mm-hmm. Both of us are just going like, what is this? Like mm-hmm. these shows are going fine. Yeah. And then this girl had driven six hours from South Dakota because of the podcast I was doing, because of Professor wow. Blastoff. Wow. She had stuff for me to sign. Yeah. She was like so excited to be there. Isn't and I was wonderful? like, this is – definitely changing there was like a noticeable sea shift and just a change overall of like yeah the idea of going and just playing to people is disappearing it's a Mm -hmm. matter of like even if you go and perform to five people ten people but Mm -hmm. they're vaguely aware of you that's the new model i think no i think it's true yeah we did a show at some bar and the bar just it was it was new for them comedy Mm -hmm. was new and they're like i'm so sorry like you (laughs) know 10 people showed up right and i was like well i'm you're still paying me (laughs) you know what i mean so like no we're not negotiating money he's like i know we just didn't do a good job i was like i tried to tell you here's some things you could do and you didn't yeah i'm trying to help you as a club owner right yeah and those 10 people to this day are like facebook fans and still because they were part of the 10 yeah like that was great we had so much you know what i mean no those are the shows that people remember i I used to go to like you know say like a sun night at a comedy club and nine people show up and, Those the, are the, and the manager comes around and is like we can cancel if you want and I'd always be like no 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 yeah, way let's do this and I would try to like I'd try to make it be more intimate like because mm-hmm. if you went to see someone that you were really thoroughly psyched about and you found out there were only nine people got in that right. would be the most exclusive ticket imaginable like, yeah that's true shit, that's true I gonna, was part of that I was part of we saw was, Bruce Springsteen like with exactly, nine people yeah. fucking crazy <laughs> so I and amazing. I don't try to make it that way in like a megalomaniacal way but right. more in just like pretend you're a part of a colony on the moon and you can all come together and gather in this one place and just oh, share it's our time. It's just our time. It's just our time yeah. in here. Like, you know, everything else outside is a little further away. That's and what comedy is supposed that. to be. The club yeah. environment is supposed to be, this is us. We're going to speak about some things that you're not going to share at the office, right? Like, yeah. And it's like, it's the most worthwhile artistic, you know, uh, medium mm-hmm. where, where that exchange of human emotion right. of, you know, like energy yeah. is transferred. Like you can all be jumping along to a song, but it's not someone sharing a thought or an idea. So that's what I like. It sounds so ridiculous, but even when people are laughing at like a fart joke altogether, there's something, there's something shared in that. There's something yeah, shared something like, there. We all, we all know, right? <laughs> and but, people but, elbowing, you know, kicking each other uh, under the table. Like we do that. That's why, like, I think observational, especially marriage material, the most relatable stuff. But like lately, as I get old, I really like material that's more about like, what are we all doing on this weird spinning sphere? You yeah, know, do yeah, we? Because yeah. that when what you have a place? room of people all kind of going, like, I think you're uh. right. People just want to connect. I, that was I was in New York one time, and uh, it's all the cliches. When I was sitting in the subway, nobody's talking. Everyone's looking at their phones, listening to their headphones. Yeah. And the biggest rat I've ever seen in my life begins crossing slowly across the deck, and you're just sitting there like watching a sailboat go by, just like turning <laughs> your head like stunned. Yeah. You know what I mean, and then just as soon as it crossed and it was no longer in sight, everybody in the subway channel looked at each other, and we're all like, oh, oh, oh. and then this one black lady goes. We all saw that, right? And everybody starts dying. It was the greatest thing because all of us were thinking. Everyone was thinking that, but almost like, is it just me? Because I'm going to tell people I saw this giant rat. No one's going to believe me. The Mm -hmm. fact that all 70 people in here saw it, you know, in a a freak (laughs) of nature happen, right? Yeah. We're like, you can never explain to somebody the scale unless you were there and saw it. And we all share that. And the fact, yeah, that that she like was the, you know, lighter of that fuse. She she had that. And everybody's talking and hanging out. And suddenly nobody wants to train to come because you just made 20 (laughs) new friends. It was so tight. It's the best. I, I I read that story recently. I think um, Chelsea Clinton, oddly enough, shared this story where like some New Yorkers got on a, a train car and it someone had written in Sharpie, you know, like swastikas and anti-Semitic stuff. It was really heinous shit. And they all got piled on the train. It starts leaving. And this dude goes, hand sanitizer gets rid of Sharpie. Everyone starts digging through their purses, their bags, pulling out hand sanitizer. That's hilarious. That and dude they just wipe it all down within like five minutes and boom, get to the next stop. People get off. That was New York too, right? That was New York. There's and it was, something about that. Like in New York, I noticed when somebody, Seattle are very nice people, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody falls down everyone's like, oh man, someone should help them. In New York, <laughs> everyone goes, oh, 
I guess we all and everybody yeah, chips in. Yeah. Ten people are like, "Stop your day!" And <laughs> I'll go to Philadelphia and ask ask people for directions. They're just kind of like, "Oh boy." I yeah. go to New York and you can see people be like, "Oh boy, where are you trying to get to?" And then they'll talk to you for ten minutes. I love that. I would say that about like the L.A. New York differentiation and like being dicks. Like L.A. people, very nice, very mm-hmm. openly, but they'll forget about you. They'll forget to email you back. Whereas in New York, people are like, "What do you need?" Yeah, yeah and then you'll yeah. hear from them a week later. Yeah, exactly. I'll fucking email you, and I then was, you'll hear yeah. back. Like, oh, I always did the nice they thing. Did. They didn't act yeah. nice while they were doing they it. They didn't act nice doing it, but they did the right thing. I always try to tell people who are not familiar with LA, because I was born and raised in LA. So I try to tell people that uh, the, the LA thing is kind of like, um, yeah, so uh, let's link up tomorrow. Wait, are we going to link up tomorrow? Or like, are we going to link up tomorrow? You know what I mean? You have to <laughs> yeah. change your tone. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Wait, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Or yeah, yeah, let's do that. You mm-hmm. have to repeat. Yeah, you have to start you saying, have to like, how's 1 p.m.? You have to repeat. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to go back to that thing, though, of like the, the train system, you know, you, like pe- people want that intimacy. They want that connection mm-hmm. inherently. Even if we pretend to be misanthropes, we're constantly saying, like, I don't like people. I don't like being around. You like that moment that where moment you community. share something mm-hmm. and you feel like, I mean, go into like the protests and stuff, regardless oh, right, of how right. people felt about something. It's one thing to go to like a football game and half the crowd leaves excited. And the other one's like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like to go into something together, a comedy show, oh. a, a, a music act, what, those things All should be that. that. Yeah, that's true. And like, you you know, people file into a crowd given to their own devices. They will strategically sit as far away from one another as possible. It looks yeah. like a chessboard. Right. Like, why wouldn't you just all cluster up? Like, because that's not in our nature. It's not our nature to go and, like, isn't this great? Are we yeah. sharing something cool? Oh, that's true. You know, what's interesting is like, like uh, this will be interesting because you your CDs are fantastic. Like, like oh, I, thanks, I use them on drives where I pop in. Like, <laughs> I, one of my you have one of my favorite all time bits is about how like we've turned animals into like a, a far, farming. Animals are, you have to go hunt down an animal. Like you had to yeah. go catch a chicken. It was engaged. And so you had to pluck it. So it's a lot of work. Now yeah. you just buy a chicken sandwich off the, you know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah. And so there's, there's a disconnect to the soul of that animal you just ate. It's not in a vegan way, but just kind of like, <laughs> oh, totally. We've, we've turned it into like a, a picking a dead, you know what I mean? A, a, <laughs> yeah. a, a thing right off the shelf. It's just, it, there's a disconnect there that, that I think is a little poisonous. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's a great, it's a great smart bit, but like t-shirts as comedians are usually like it's looked down upon as like ah oh, you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. this but I've had comedians be like more people buy my shirts than my CDs yeah. and it's because what you were just saying they want to connect mm-hmm. and so a t-shirt is something that they have a piece of you now yeah. that, that creates in, embodies that shared thing where somebody else comes over and is like hey, that's funny what's that from oh it's this comedian they are now uh, engaged as if they are the person right. that, that 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 performed, and they not yeah. in a selfish way, but in a in a way that is an extension of them enjoying you, right? Yeah, I, I, Brent Weinbach had a funny thing about that where I forget who told me this story. Might have been you know Ryan Stout. So yeah. they were they were like San Francisco buddies, and someone having this discussion of like I don't know about T-shirts, and someone said like it's not about the shirt. It, it, the shirt is really irrelevant. It's them wanting to support what you do. Bingo. And just like you were saying, be attached to it. Bingo. So Brent, and I don't know if that was a catalyst, but he for years, and I think still has them, had this shirt that was just a big ass picture of his face. I remember that face. And yeah. like, I heard the story where a guy was wearing one of those and he went into a bathroom and was just like washing his hands. And this guy came up to him at the sink and turned and looked at him. And the guy just pulled up his sweater and underneath he had one of those wine bags. That's on. amazing. And there's like this great, like we're in the same club. That's fantastic. And I think that's really that's great. Wonderful. You know? you, that, just going back to the psychology of, 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 of that connection, um, that weird, that thing that you and Christian experienced where it's like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I've noticed, so I was a friend of mine who just when a CD came out, he was super proud of it. And he's like, now I got to write my next hour. But he was just like, I just hate, because it's comedians, we just want to go out there and perform. We just want to go share. And so he was like, I hate selling this. I just want to give them away. I'm like, you can, but you have to realize when, let's say only five people bought your CDs. Mm-hmm. Those five people just bought into you and they yeah. want that. So right. you saying like, well, here's this thing. You don't have to have it. They're like, I want that. So he yeah. was like, I don't know what to charge. I was like, this is what you're going to charge. And because they're sitting there, they're hanging out, you're signing it, you're, they're enjoying you. That's, you know, people pay 70 bucks to get an autograph from somebody from Game of Thrones. Yeah. For, for like that. And there's a right to love 200 more people. This, pe- this person got intimate time with you and gets to take a piece of you home. So mm-hmm. he never considered that, right? So he changed his pitch and he wasn't doing it intentionally. It was just like, I would watch him as we were performing over the weekend of him going like, I got the CD, you can have it if not. To him being like actively excited about like, if you know, if you do this, then you go home and you can enjoy me. And then he makes a joke out of it. He's like, you can enjoy me in the bathtub. You can enjoy me, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So then it turns into part of the act. And by, uh, by, by Friday, Friday uh, I'm sorry, Saturday uh, at 8 p.m. show, like he had sold like 40, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. After selling five to jump up to 40. Yeah. Not a coincidence. Because in his mind, it, I don't want to be sales. I don't want to do. I'm just like, well, no. What they're buying is you. You want a yeah. CD is still you. Does that make sense? And he was like, that's true. And then he personalized it and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I could never because uh, I all those things are very like make concrete sense. 
and people would, you know, I would hear and I and know it. I'll mention my stuff, but I could never, I could never, once I felt myself on stage being salesy in any way, right. I just feel so weird. So I, right. 90% of the shows I do, I get off stage and go, oh shit, I forgot to yeah, mention. Yeah, I didn't too. mention any of my stuff. <laughs> me too. But when I do mention it, I can just see people's faces changing and it's almost like there's just escape, you know, to go see comedy and right. the rest of the world is molestation of your eyes and ears everywhere That's you true. look. It's separate. You, you go to like the airport and your tra- the the bin that you put your shit in has an ad in the bottom of it like someone saw that and went eyes are going to look here let's put our ad there let's yeah, pay them yeah. and that is insanity that's, that's to that's me that, like it's virtually impossible unless you go out into nature to not just look there goes a bus billboard a that's thing true. flying by in to the get sky away. oh man that's and true. now comedy is supposed to be this thing where like hey we recognize the bullshit and we're kind of talking about what it is oh and also here's my here's part yeah. of it <laughs> You have to add to that. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, you can true. feel people's like just energy shift. Yeah. Like, dude, all right, what, yeah. what's going on here? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Even I, I watch somebody and I'm like, I, they do their stick. And even me as a, as a, as a fellow comic, I'm just kind of like, hey man, like now you're going to do your closer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. the, the moment is shifted. Like, it's yeah. gone. Like now it's like, okay, now we're ready for. You Cause you go mean? to any rock show. I mean, some of them will pitch it too. And not even just rock. I think just music in general. They'll oh. be like, hey, we've got some merch in the back. Thanks for coming out. You know, That's like true. there's a table set up back there. Guns You'll and be- Roses isn't going to come out and be like, so you guys all like a Usual Illusion too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some in the lobby. <laughs> if, you're, if you're into it, ah, oh, that'd be ridiculous. That's a good sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, guys, please. We are trying to, uh, we've got a GoFundMe going. Do Usual Illusion 3. <laughs> Have you seen Axel's third house? It sucks. It's a dump. <laughs> we, need, we need this. <laughs> Have you ever had any uh, just hell gigs where you're like, at the time, you're like, this is miserable. But afterwards, you're like, this, I'm going to enjoy telling this one in a few years. The only one that I always bring up is one that my mom invited some coworkers to at an oh, Indian God. casino. Always. And I'd done it several times and was like, this is always bad, but it pays like $250. And like, it's as far as gas money and just like being able to stay a couple extra days like this is it would always be like I'm doing a club here and a club here and then in between I can go up into god where was it Oroville and do this Indian casino there and uh the first couple times I did it wasn't that bad and then like it just got progressively worse by like the third time it was heinous so this is maybe like the fourth time I'm going to do it so I know it pretty well in my but that's mom. weird it's usually the opposite by that time you've trained the people to look for comedy that's why it well I don't know just like the routing wasn't great and the people they were getting and yeah. it, it wasn't partitioned off so you could hear the casino floors oh, gotcha. really loud all those mistakes and, make a difference yeah and it was one yeah. of those where like we have comedy and then right after there's a DJ show right right and like <laughs> I, every time I would come there I got to be pretty decent friends with the DJ he's like the nicest guy and I go what is going on with comedy show and he goes oh man the owners they screwed it up like they did this or they did this they stopped doing this and so yeah they just didn't really understand there was no one there was literally no one that was the face of the show and that helps someone that can come and be like hey i'm trying to do this and we'd love to have you back because next time yeah there was it was a faceless entity that booked it and you'd show up and be like hey where do i go up in the bartender be like i don't know you go there and talk to the sound engineer (laughs) and then that person be like here's a mic you can go up whenever you want oh god and did you bring a mic? That, that would help. <laughs> and my mom brought these people and she says, you just, you got to be more positive than that. And I go, I'm of the science persuasion that you have research and a bit of data to collect. You're, it's asinine to just keep seeing the same results and be like, don't be pessimistic. Yeah. Like These are just analytically mm-hmm. accurate. Mm-hmm. So she brings these people and the show is so terrible that at one point I just started talking to this couple in the front row. They're really sweet. Um, he was a little bit slow. He was like a little mentally challenged and they were had just had a baby together and they were the sweetest. And like they were coming up and show me pictures of their baby on their phone. And then I just asked them what they're into and they're into wrestling. Mm. So I started asking them like, who do you like? And they, you know, we like this guy and this guy. And I go into the microphone, like, do you like, and I said someone's name, you know, like, do you like uh, the ultimate warrior? I remember that the crowd just, he's talking about wrestling. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just, it got quiet for just a bit. And then people were raising their hand triple H. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a guy. Anyone else? That's a guy. <laughs> and I was like, just trying to keep that going as long as possible. Like anyone more wrestler. Yeah. Who's your favorite? <laughs> yeah. What did he wear for? And it may be like five minutes of that, of just no 
content at all. Just legitimately, like, who do you like in wrestling and why? And then we kind of ran out of steam. We're like, we exhausted everyone and everything. And right back to just pandemonium and talking people facing away from oh, me. Oh, God, yeah. You know, just the oh, worst. Yeah. And I got off stage and, like, walk over. And my mom's there and her friends. And one of her friends starts to go, like, you know, I thought it was pretty. And I yeah. just, like, walked past yep. them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, take these weird platitudes. I'm like, you know, oh, for know. all things. Like, I know. Because people love oh, to do that. Yeah. Like, let's not bullshit around. I, uh, yeah. I, this is bad. Let's not fake it. Yep. It yep. was horrible. There's a, I always I always tell people it's kind of poisoning comedy in Seattle is after somebody has a, a set, everyone's like, oh, you crushed it. I'm like, no, they didn't. They were terrible. You yeah. I mean? like, you tell them they crushed it. It's not helping them. Yeah. Uh, Giggles was, was my old home club, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of great t- talent came out of Giggles. Yeah. And, yeah. and justly so because it it made you sharpen your, you know what I mean? Like you just keep getting bumped up later in the night. If you're not staying funny, yeah. well, now you're back at the 1 a.m. slot, right? <laughs> and so like, oh, Luca, Luca wrote some new jokes. Welcome back to 9 p.m., right? Yeah. And so it was like a meritocracy. And after after every set, you would go back to the to the back room and three of your buddies are looking at you just shaking their heads being like, they're like, yeah, oh, I know. I saw my set also. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. like, wow, that was an extra special load of terrible that you just brought tonight. Like, I know, I'll work on it, right? But it's the best. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's how Austin was. I really loved that. Like, I came from San Diego to Austin and San Diego was great. I, I liked a lot of the comics there, but th- there was, I think because it's close to LA, there was just this little like, I'm not going to give you support. Mm, yeah, you know, that's, I, I can see that. So yeah. it, was, it was more competitive than, whereas Austin, everyone was like, we're all really artists. supporting we're all, each other. Yeah, yeah. I want you to be really good, yeah. and I hope I hope I get exactly. whatever the, the thing is we're trying to get. Yeah, but I hope you get it too. That's true. Yeah, and that that's, that's cool. you know when you want that, then you can also be like, dude, you're better than that. Mm-hmm. That punchline mm-hmm. is so weak. I yeah, can't yeah. believe it. Yeah, you know, and you mean it in a in a genuine way to help. Yeah, your friend, like I'm your friend. Well. I'm telling yeah. you, I have food in your teeth. Yeah, like, this is what you want. <laughs> you want this. You want this yeah. from me. You want this from me. Or the hawker you're going to talk to later. Take it from me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do you have a home like club like a here in L. A. Well, no, when you first started. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cap City in Austin. Cap City in like Austin that, is your home. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you had a nice upbringing. Yeah, yeah I worked the oh. phones there. I delivered food, uh, you know, like plates of nachos. And, yeah. and I just saw everyone come through. No name headliners, oh, big the, name people. Just best. You see that's everyone. And you see everyone work a week, which is great. Like, yeah. so see many comics. Mm-hmm. All the shit we've been talking about all comes down to, like, just that, that kind of YouTube culture. That's mm-hmm. sort of like, I'm going to go hang out, see if my set goes great. Talk really loudly in the green room and or outside in the front. Not yeah. watch anyone else. Mm-hmm. Not try to learn anything yep. or or just, you know, study it at all. Bingo. And so, I, you know, Fridays would come by Saturdays, the weekend, if yeah. you will. <laughs> and I would be, you know, like exhausted from running all this food around. But I'd look around like there'd be very few comics. Yeah. And so in Austin, like there, there were more than you know, a handful of regulars that would come from time to time mm-hmm. and maybe one or two people that would be like almost every weekend. Because like with most but, clubs, but it's, it's like, mostly, it's mostly, yeah, it's like they're not, yeah, they're just at the open mic. Yeah, you go to the open oh, mic, yeah. there's 35 people yeah. and now it'd be a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you see everyone at the open mic and like, why were you not here? Like, mm-hmm. oh, know, I agree. fucking Norm MacDonald was just here. Exactly. Why would you want to come watch and you, that you can't watch free? the master because you're so narcissistic yeah. and you your thing, you can't watch the master. Yeah. Um, Oh man, that is so depressing. That's exactly how it is. I, I always so like I try to bring friends not to see me. They think I'm just trying to be like, hey, come watch me. I'm like, like John Dore, huge mm-hmm. fan of John Dore. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, come to this show. It's like, oh, we've already seen you. I'm like, I, I don't <laughs> care about me. I'm telling you, this dude's amazing. Yeah. And they're like, what's he from? Just come because I told you because you've known me for 15 years. Just yeah. trust me, right? They want to know well, what's he do. What's blah blah blah. And I tell them like you said, seeing the whole weekend. I go every show that you go to, he will do something different. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing the same act. He, the dude, does whatever he wants. You yeah, know? yeah. And each night, I was like, you can just pick a night and go, and he'll do something remarkable, right? Mm-hmm. And so then they go and like, oh my god! Like one time he just uh, because you can't smoke inside in Seattle, so he's like, is this door open or is this like a fake part of the the, like, the, like, the scene? He was like, that was a real door. He's like. If you all don't mind, I'm going to have a cigarette. <laughs> he opens the door, goes outside, and starts doing his set, and then just tells a joke. The audience laughs, like, is this, is this happening? Is this for real, right? <laughs> then all of a sudden, he just starts talking to people in the parking lot. He's like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys up to? Me? Not that much. He's <laughs> in the middle of his head, and we're dying. Everyone said the club. There's no comedian on stage. It's just fantastic. a mic cord leading outside a door, yeah, yeah. and we're all just dying. You know what I mean, right? They're and how you have could those you, if you moments. never watch stuff like that? I just don't get where, because I, I understand, like, the, in principle, people being like, if I watch other people, I get influenced too much. Mm, I, do that. I do that's understand fair, that. I do understand that. That's fair, but like, what's gonna what's gonna motivate you? If, if you're a writer and you don't read at all, right. if you're a painter and you don't ever see other people's but what work, you just said, yeah, some some comedians are absorbers, and like I can't be around because I, yeah. And I do know a couple of comedians that there's some, certain friends of mine I can't watch because I know them so intimately. I start to do their mannerisms, and I don't yeah. mean to, right? But like you said, why would you not every weekend look at another master? That was my favorite when I was first started doing it, mm-hmm. and just showing up at the club and just watching, you know, back to 
back-to-back 8, 10 p.m. shows and just watching. Watching yeah. how they change, watching the words, thing, mm-hmm. watching how they shifted tiny little changes makes a total different new. And that's what's annoying about YouTube when somebody records a thing and I'm like, yeah, so everyone saw that and passed around and the joke wasn't done yet. Yeah. Now it's perfectly crafted and you saw this version and some people are like, eh, it wasn't my... Yeah, it wasn't ready, you know. It wasn't. Seasoned. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's such an unfair thing because like you Socks. have to say the thought, you have to think the thoughts, you have to formulate them, and then you have to say them. Yeah. Then you have to hear it, whether it's a recording of it or just remembering what you said and going like something is not me. Something I'm getting the premise across, but I oh. Yeah, God, when I say it this way, it must sound like I'm saying, oh, my God, that that's yep. not what I mean. Yeah, that's not what I mean. And, yeah. and people would go like, but you said it. You're like, I know, but stand up, you've got this added element of like adrenaline that's in there. Right. You've all, there's pressure. There's like right. a speed notion to it. We're like, oh, well, I'm, what I'm trying to say is fucking five minutes long. I'm trying to right. condense that down <laughs> yeah. to get like the punchlines close enough together. So, yeah, I, I, I said this and I squished it so that. God, it sounded like I meant this. I if, if a comedian came out and said that and they were caught like saying something dumb, I'd be like, well, what you said was atrocious. Right, right, right. But maybe if they're like, no, no, the, the, the joke is this. Right. You could, as right. a comic, you could go, I kind of get it. Yeah, you know? yeah. You still yep. said something horrible. Exactly, but. exactly. That, there's a joke that I don't do anymore that it was exactly that where I'm just kind of like, I just got to chuck this because I was trying to, the point I was trying to get across, people just remember the main bits and it was, it's a true story is that I was, was, was hooking up with a girl and she asked, she asked me to be aggressive and then punch her. Mm-hmm. Not choke, not the spank, not the usual yeah, things that yeah. say, punch. punch. Wow. And I'm like, wow. And then immediately I look over and I'll tell this on stage, this is the real version, is I look over and her, 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 her bookshelf is full of the philosophy of rape. The psychology behind but all these horrible like Whoa. oh she was like a psycho you know a psychology student that I'm like she either went through something atrocious or she is obsessed with something atrocious right yeah, yeah. I'm like oh no she's she, where something that I think is horrible and violent she is seeking you know what I mean mm-hmm. like oh I need to get out of this environment immediately. And so she's like, we need to have a safe word. And I'm like, the safe word is rape. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, there's no safe word. I'm not continuing on with this. Yeah, and yeah. I think I want half my money back from dinner. Like, this is, <laughs> this is, I can't believe you brought me into your crazy world, right? Yeah. And it just never transited on stage because people are like, that is an awful story. But it's me saying, I know, yeah. I was the victim. It made her sound like the victim. But I'm like, I was the one that got dragged into something horrendous that I was yeah, not yeah. preparing for. And those, there's, a, there's a challenge with that that's fun about stand up. You're like, all right, And how that's can why I kept I... telling it because when it works, now, and some club owners like, yeah, a lot of people don't like that. I'm like, but the ones that get it really are like, <laughs> Oh, that sucks, bro. Like yeah, they get that it was awful, right? Yeah, yeah. It was one time we did this show one time, and, and I don't, I don't think really audiences understand this. Um, uh, how could they? You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like a painter explaining to me his different types of strokes. Okay, I don't know nothing yeah. about that. That sounds great, right? Yeah. Is um, uh, after the show, me and the, me and the other comic uh, were like, uh, 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 to the headline, we're like had a blast and we're out we're going out to go party now so we're like now we're like excited because like yeah. we, had a, we had a great show we all got paid now let's go have fun and talk to girls right uh-huh. and so uh, so now we're, we have a short little time to ch- talk shop before the taxi drops us off at the bar and now we're just going to talk about dumb stuff so a little bit of time <laughs> yeah. to excitedly talk about work and we're like we love this joke we, we were both backstage saying that joke like that's great and he's like he starts cracking me. he's like of course comics love that joke he's like that joke never works right <laughs> yeah. he's like I did it in San Jose last week I did it in Chicago the week before you know what I mean or, and, then, yeah. and then the week so three weeks I've tried it and it just doesn't work and I switched the phrasing around I moved this here moved this here same amount of time yeah. and then now it works you know what I mean and it's just like you said you, you self-evaluate and you're like oh, maybe they're thinking, I mean this. No, no, no. And then all you have to do is shift that. Yeah. And he told us, he was like, legitimately, he showed us what three words he changed. I was like, three words. I tried to explain to young open micers and stuff. Edit, learn how to edit. He said he moved three words in order, like a Microsoft, oh, yeah. like a Microsoft Word document. And now the joke <laughs> kills. It's ridiculous. Chad right? Daniels has a story, very, like virtually identical to that, where he was like, God, I had to go back and watch this clip because like, this joke used to kill, and then it just stopped. Yeah. And he noticed, like, legitimate, yeah, like a two-word switcheroo, and he just said he like threw his hands up, like, that's what comedy is. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, it's just <laughs> if it's that sensitive. If it's that sensitive. And yeah. then I always go back and forth, like, I'm the opposite i'm like that's what's the craft that's what's interesting about it to me yeah. the opposite. i'm like that's what makes it clever is how mm-hmm. can you how can you melody there's a there's a there's a comic that uh, uh i really don't perform much now anymore and so my old writing partner is one of the funniest people in the world right so people mm-hmm. always go the two of you which one's funnier you know you know it's, it's just a silly game right and him and i looked at each other and was like oh, we never thought about it because we're so comp- complimentary and we love each other's shtick and we're completely yeah. different. i come out and i'm like hey everybody we all having a good time right <laughs> he comes out and is like ugh I just look to the audience and just like as if the <laughs> audience being there has put him off. Like, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. God, people, I got to talk to you, monkeys, and everybody loves it. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. like, what is this guy doing? He's just and so um, he goes, he goes. 
I'd say I'm funnier, but Jeremy's more memorable. And I was like, that is perfect. It's because I'll work with a headliner and afterwards people are, are yelling catchphrases back to me. I'm like, oh no, I'm a catchphrase comic. Ah. But it's because something resonated with them where they're like, my cousin went through that. My uncle went through that. I was like, oh, thank God. It's not just the catchphrases. You tied it. Yeah, and so yeah. afterwards in the toilet, people are always like, you know, one time I was like, oh, I already told that joke. Don't tell me your version. <laughs> it's all, it's all going to be bad. I know, I know how it ends. And sure enough, they finish the story. I'm like, yep, that's how it ended for me too. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm, that's always, uh, I, that always kind of like pleased me that when people didn't come up and say, oh yeah, we saw you one time or you're that comedian, they come back and say one of my jokes. That makes me happy because yeah. like, uh, uh, I, I'm not trying to bash Dane Cook, but when, when Dane Cook was the king, everybody said, comedy is the best. I love comedy. I was like, who's your favorite? They go, Dane Cook. They go, tell me one Dane Cook joke. Not one. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't using it to challenge him because I wanted to tell them my favorite Dane Cook joke. But I'm like, as a comic, I like this joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just saying, I like comedy. And this is the guy. Yeah, <laughs> this is the, yeah. This is that. I want to be I want to be with the Patriots. I want the number one <laughs> team in town. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comedy's changed a lot in that way. And like, you think of like, the biggest comedies in the last five or ten years. Like, even like The Hangover, which we've made sequels of. Not a lot of quotable lines as opposed to like people still quote Caddyshack. People sure. still oh, sure, say, I've sure. got that going for me, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. insane that's true. how old that movie is and Tommy Boy and on and on. Like all these movies that were, God. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that that is where like the quotable aspect is necessary or not. I don't know. I haven't I, no, no, no. I, I agree. So so a good example is, is uh, I, I and, and I wasn't, it, when I try to enjoy something and I don't, that's when I'm critical. If I go in, I'm just kind of like, I expected bad things. And this was great. That's my happiest, right? Yeah. And so like uh, everyone kept saying, go see Bad Santa. To this day, I despise that movie. You know what really? I mean? Really? I was just like, as a as a romantic comedy, this works. This movie <laughs> works, right? But whenever they're like, it's hilarious. I'm like, it's weird that this is a comedy. It's yeah. so, there's not a single line that's memorable. There's not a single. Uh, I mo- disagree with you. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I beat the shit out of some kids today. It really made me feel good about myself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is true. That is good. That is very good. Yeah, yeah. But I just remember, I'm just kind of like, this is all just like a series of moments moments strung together are it you felt fu- like an 80s Dude, there's so many like oh. are you fucking with me the kid that keeps you want a sandwich or like that's, bernie mac man is a sexual creature bernie mac is amazing so yeah. funny that's that. dude i need to watch it again like big be- women no crime against that but like, so many times i was like i've seen people just say this <laughs> and maybe that's what resonates with people oh john right? ritter's so funny in it uh, Where, uh, uh yeah I, I would i would recommend watching it again just with, I might a, need with to watch a, it again. a less critical lens cause, yeah because i'm the same way like when people were really down on the simpsons or really down on snl like when's the last time you watched it true like, oh i watched it when it was good like well then how would you be in any way an expert here i haven't seen it it's bad like then you don't yeah, know then you don't know i see yeah. a clip here and there yeah like, that's absolutely true there's like people i know that watch anchorman and like mm-hmm. hated it saw on the theater with friends hated it yeah and then uh watched it at a friend's house like oh my lord it's now my favorite movie yeah, I just didn't, yeah. Uh, your brain's in a different place yeah that's yeah. true i may need to watch it again that's frustrating <laughs> <laughs> i have to go rewatch back <laughs> i got homework <laughs> yeah well not to not to push it on you but that's one of those like that happens all no, the I'm time that way. i'm that way where i'm like all right let's go challenge myself let's find out what i miss i need to know i need to know this about myself <laughs> <laughs> there's this face if nothing else there's this face when Bernie Mac I think he's like either smoking I think he's smoking a peeling an orange and uh John Ritter has just walked past a dressing room and heard Billy Bob Thornton having like aggressive anal sex with this woman he's saying all this shit you know like you, you ain't gonna shit right for a week and just all these like cheesy lines and then Ritter's just kind of like ooh you know he, he's like complaining to Bernie Mac and Bernie Mac uh he, he's kind of telling him what happened and uh, Bernie Mac goes, yeah, you're talking about butt fucking or something like that. And John Ritter's face mm-hmm. is just the it's the greatest. Like he just bit into something sour, but yeah. then he leans into it. It's the funniest, like physical, very subtle. Those are the response. best. It's yeah. so good. Because it's not the person trying to get the laugh. It's right. the person just embracing that moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I do need to watch it again. I think about that face all the time. It's just, per- it's Buddy Mind's director and is obsessed with John Ritter. Obsessed. Uh, he's the yeah, best. He is, he's man. so good. He's man. Like Sling Blade. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, Sling Blade's great. He's great yeah, in that. He's no. so funny. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what, how we got on that. I don't know how we got on that. Now I'm just thinking like, ah, oh, I think about well, John. Like, what, was the, what was the movie? Where, oh, man. Now I'm just thinking about John Ritter. Yeah, movies. I know. <laughs> it's, it's so shitty. Like Bill Paxton and these guys you lose where you're like, Bernie so Mac many... was a tough one for me. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac was a really so tough one. So unique. So, yeah. yeah. If a child's old enough to talk back, he's old enough to get hit in the stomach with a throat. <laughs> Nobody else can say that. No other comedian can say that. You know what I mean? And have you laugh at it. That's why I didn't watch the sequel because I was like, this is so sad. Like, there's no John yeah. and no Bernie Mac. Oh, like, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, see this no. movie with the two of my the best parts of the first one yeah, not in it. Yeah, absolutely. What do you? So what's 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 uh, explain the tour? When is when you kick off? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been doing this the last few years. I started 
like probably seven or eight years ago trying to like mix these little shows in right. and uh so i don't know i haven't flown as much lately mm-hmm. and i i just started doing them where like so you I do you, to, so you like to you like to get on the road and drive and get to the <clears throat> i don't love it but I, I hate flying all the time just hopping and on I, a plane hopping off hopping yeah on a plane, hopping i, I off. mean yeah, and i'm not at a level where like i can make enough money doing that you know mm-hmm. i'm not someone like can go headline a club and make ten thousand dollars but have you you've like done that. you've done conan Right. No, I've no? never done Conan. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, I didn't do New Faces. Like, there are a lot of little things in the normal comedy route. Why not route. New Faces? Oh, that's a whole thing. Really? Yeah, uh. I just, I was really close a couple times, and then, and then you just kind of fall off the radar. Right. And then you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to keep pushing to be in New Faces. They know who I am. They, right, you know, like that's true. S- six years in a row, they've had a tape. Yeah, And like, that's you're true. really close. Like, that's you know. true. And so I just, I didn't do that route. And yeah. then Conan just, you know, maybe that'll happen at yeah, some yeah, point, yeah. you know, but... Yeah, there are a few things, like, just as far as comedy goes, where, like, I would submit, like, a half-hour tape to Comedy Central pretty regularly and be very close with that. Yeah. And then once that didn't happen, I was – you go through all these kind of philosophical changes, you know, to be like <clears> – <throat> the, the term get always stuck with me. Comedians mm. like, heard you got a Conan. Heard you got this. As if, like, we're all just begging at this table they're dropping scraps off of. Oh, I see. And if you're an artist, like, aren't you trying to make stuff? Yeah, no, like, I booked Conan. Yeah, I yeah. Get Conan. You yeah, know, nobody yeah. was just kind of like, hey. Right. Were you doing anything? They asked me to come be a part of their Bingo. show so exactly. they can sell advertising yeah. in between, you know, acts. Yeah, like, it's, people are so demeaning. They don't mean to be. Like, people be like, um, uh, wait, you do comedy? Are you good? And right. it's like. 300 people came to pay money to listen to me. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know what to say to those people. I just, you know, it's just... When I did the TV show, I was doing... Is that good uh, enough to you? What do you think <laughs> is good? Like, do you... <laughs> I mean, that's the best about, like, working in the club, watching... I want to pay know, $5 to get away from you right now. That's yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, like, you when you watch a comic that, that does great and it really, like, really resonates with you, there's not there's no part of your brain that's like... Oh, and they've done a TV set? Well, yeah, now I like them even more. It's, it's just so, purely about what they do. It's so, yeah, yeah. It's just part of the marketing trend. It's just part of the like, uh, hey, we're going to feature you for this commercial. We're going to change your hair. You're not like, but my hair defined. No, no, this is the this is the yeah. actor we booked. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's what weird. happened when I was hosting that show. Like they, everything that you are kind of worried about, we're like, I'm, I'm a punk rocker. I do comedy because like, I don't, people don't tell me where to be and what to do. And, and then instead they're like, wear this. Dress this way. Stand mm-hmm. this way. Don't move your hands that way. We're going to do your hair like this. And you just have to. You just say, all right, well, at least they're paying me. Yeah, and, yeah. But people would ask me during that, like, does this validate you now? Like, is this a validating thing? Because you've been in comedy a long time, but now having your own show. Right. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. those things don't in any way, va- unless you need that. Yes, so you need like, that, Okay, yeah. mom, it worked right. out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it validated, like, that I may- maybe. But no, like, being good at comedy, having a really good set that I don't know there's, there's a whole there's nothing to it I mean like Seinfeld it was just kind of like we'd shoot an episode and be like that was a great cut that was a great take but there's nothing to be in standing in front of people and having them immediately react within yeah. within a split second of what you just mm-hmm. said he's like that's what I miss that's what I want you know what I mean he's like even if the whole set is like wow that's a great episode he's like yeah it'll be good when it gets on and I'll get 12 million dollars but yeah <laughs> I wanted someone to be like is this good am I doing good You're right. yeah and then me, I start. I mean I like the, the sort of the Bill Hicks route of you know what just happened with the election you could feel like Comedians don't go out anymore and meet the opposition. Sure. You perform for a cluster of people who are fond of you. Sure, yeah, yeah. And that is a little mm. inclusive. Yeah, and I'm me guilty too. of that. I'm the like, same way. I want to be challenging. I have a, a club owner back home that I love, and he's just kind of like, stop being so challenging. I'm like, well, then why Why do I want to just have my valid, my response yeah. back, <laughs> handed right back to me? You know what I mean? Like, I want yeah. a challenge. I want, to, I want a few people to go, boo. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. That yeah. sucks. Let's address it's it. It's fun. Like, I mean, it. if you go, but the th- that's, it goes back to that Omaha thing too a little bit. Like if I could get that person who has, you know, a lot of Cabela's gear on and camouflage stuff. I want that person. Yeah. But then I think like, I don't, I don't know that, I mean, there's so many people on the planet and there are a thousand people in a given city who kind of like the same similar things that I do and would treat, uh, say, an old person crossing the street in the same way I would, or a refugee or a gay person, whoever that might be in your head that like, maybe the Cabela's guy would. But maybe that person would react differently to one of those, a trans person, whoever. Right. But I don't know that I like got to get him. But I, I do. It's because like uh, I want that person because I want that person to be like, I never thought of things that way. Oh, That's of course. Theory, right? Yeah. Like uh, uh, there was a, <laughs> we had this, there's this guy in the middle that, you know how it is, five minutes in your set, you're like, I am, I don't know if you're like this, but I, I'm like, I am not, I'm, I'm ignoring the other hundred people and just got to get you. Mm-hmm. And I turn my whole act into getting him and about 10 minutes in, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, right, now, yeah, now yeah. he's on board. Right. And then the headliner went up. 
And he was just kind of like, do you see that guy in the fifth row? I'm like, well, how long did it take? He's like, seven minutes in. And I got him. I was yeah. like, yes, it's not just me. It's right. <laughs> the, uh, like, uh, there's a, a buddy of ours, um, uh, Mitch Burrow, who's a phenomenal comp. He just moved down here to LA. Uh-huh. He's got a great joke. And he's a, a Southern boy from Georgia. You know what I mean? Thick mm-hmm. accent, right? And he's like, uh, uh, he's like, I'm a uh, uh, libertarian. Uh, which oh, means I think I'm I like, know this dude. Do you? He's Big awesome. guy used yeah. to be a Marine? Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know Mitch? He's the best. Yeah. I, I don't know him. I, I did a show with him a while ago. And he's, he's really fun. He's like the perfect weapon to send into the middle of the country the perfect weapon yeah exactly he's like uh, he goes uh, uh, he's like uh, I'm a libertarian which means I'm a conservative but I live in Los Angeles it's <laughs> an elegant line yeah, it's like yeah. now, we're, now we're in it yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's the perfect weapon no he totally he's totally <laughs> reasonable he appeals to both sides yeah. but he kind of looks the look a little bit more right. and like you know right. he, his thoughts are very reasonable and rational right. and that's what you need like if someone yeah. that is a vegan that wears tight jeans goes into the middle of Nebraska and it's like let me tell you why your right. religion's stupid people are like think, just but shut I, down but I think comedians and audiences both think you have to be challenged. They think that's the job. I think a lot of people go into comedy yeah. thinking, that's when it's like, no, appeal, get, you know what I mean? Get people, you know what I mean? See, yeah, think yeah. of things a little bit differently. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, especially now when people hear comedy, they go, so you just go after the crowd? It's the first thing people always ask me. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate going after the crowd. I do it because I get frustrated and have a snap set. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. but like I don't want to. And they think that's what, that's what comedy is. They think mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's. I'm helping the show. I'm helping the show. But like yeah. you were saying, it's this intimate place where now we can all share and we can, th- we can think about thoughts that are challenging and not feel challenged right? yeah, we, yeah. we can discuss challenging things they think that we go up there too directly mm-hmm. you know challenge people sensibly like that's not the idea at all well, I mean it's so competitive and most of the shows involve like this vitriol aimed at one another it's and true. you know like that, so comedy becomes that as opposed that's to true. like hey shh let's all relax <laughs> let's all be on the same team because those are the best shows when you see this differentiation in the crowd and a comic be able to navigate through it and upset and please both sides in a way right. where everyone leaves like what you were just saying like okay we're, we're all able to like I got the greatest email a while ago from this dude like was driving along and listening your comedy came on this radio station yeah. and my wife is really religious and I'm not and we were both laughing and both kind of like questioning things that's and you're best. like oh it's perfect like yeah. that's an idea that's why I've always loved your stand up that's exactly how you personified it the way I've always perceived you, you oh thanks I mean, right? man yeah, yeah. so the uh, what, would, well, what would be your ideal like um well, I don't know. I mean, because like what you were saying, like I spent the majority of like the time I was just looping around on the road, doing clubs all the time, doing that, like going up and being really psyched to have a crowd with a little bit of contention, mm-hmm. and and finding these pockets within the crowd of the, they become like supporters of yours, and then there's mm-hmm. this delineation of like, well, these people are into it and these people hate it, so then you have like this foe that you're kind of aiming yeah. the jokes at, like, yeah. and typically it is conservative Christian people who think they are nice and they're outwardly assholes and taking away liberties well it's always from people. people that think they're smart that are dumb you mm-hmm. know what i mean you know what i mean very smart people are like oh there's so much out there right it's or think that they are nice and they stay so they can get for... away so they can get away there's plenty of people that exactly yeah they 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 act so nice so that they can get away with being really sinister <laughs> you know what i mean with <laughs> yeah that, right? so the ideal i guess and the way i like doing these like little driving tours is just it thins it down to like because so you like so, having your audience you like having your people yeah yeah because like, oh, i'm okay, doing those clubs cool. and being like all right this is a room full of 250 people that got free tickets oh, or God. got two for one tickets, Ugh, yeah. but 20 of Papered. them came here maybe to see me and, or mm-hmm. if nothing else are open to it and enthusiastic about yeah, it. The yeah, ones yeah. that'll like buy a CD after the show. Right. So I started just doing these tours where I'm basically performing like 20 to 40 people, which mm-hmm. sounds crazy. Cause like, you know, you'd much rather walk out of a show. Like I just made 300 people laugh. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Virtually none of them are going to be there the next time you're true, back in town. True. Whereas if you're like, I, I booked a venue that's 90 seats and 23 people showed up. It felt a little empty, but the show was really fun. Yeah. And ideally, when you come back, that 23 turns into 38. Bingo. Because they're bringing their coworkers and <clears throat> friends. Yeah. And, yeah, and so th- there's a better the having done these tours like that's what's kind of been happening over the years. Like awesome. you just you just have these little clusters, which yes, it is a little bit too inclusive. But then, then you just changed your comedy. You're like, okay, well, what would I talk about if I if I didn't have to feel like this dude over here is judging me, right, right, or this right. person's going to clam up? Like, what right. if everyone was into it? Like, that's great. And, you know, you can that's just really be, fun. yeah, yeah. Now, you, now you can just be in the pocket mm-hmm. and just and just take it all. Oh, that's fantastic. yeah. Because I, I would cool. hear comics all the time say that of like. Well, if I have no one to go against, you know, you're just sort of preaching to the choir, like, well, don't preach then. Right, like, right, what right. if you just have ideas? Right. And then that's right. really fun to share with, right. you know? Exactly. Exactly. Last show I did, um, uh, all the openers just bombed their faces off, <laughs> walked half the crowd. So yeah, by the yeah. time I get up, people are checking their phones, calling the waiter, just yeah. clamor, you know, clamor. 
And then, so I, I wanted those those forty people, but I got these twenty, mm-hmm. and those twenty loved it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. now they're like, oh, a good comic. Oh, this guy's good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those twenty people are like, we're coming here every week. I'm like, I'm not here every week. <laughs> I'm not going to be here next week. Yeah. But they, you know what I mean? That's like, fun though when you if they like you, you and you can say like, oh, you're going to come back. Like you look, you can go down the calendar and be like, I don't know this dude. She's really funny. Come back and see her. Right. I don't know her. Yeah. This guy's great. Come back then. You know, like then you can start to build in. And clubs do that. You know, mm-hmm. they yeah, want to yeah. have like uh, – Mix the energy little... and the, the, the types, mix the types together. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now yeah. that they, they see you and they go, oh, you're very uh, high-minded and very intelligent humor. Let's link you with this guy instead of like, you know, farty face, uh, you know, prop yeah. guy the week before, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... I would always, yeah. Like people – and this happens too at like some of like the, the smaller venues I do, and, you know, where they'll be like, do you want us to book you a local? And I'm always like – yeah, but please no high energy dudes, and especially not if they wear fedoras. Like, I just <laughs> yeah. those guys are always to me yeah. like. There's a guy that's like uh, he's like, hey, so we uh, we booked this opener for you. So he's he's another short guy. <laughs> Why right. would you? You know, and I was like, <laughs> secondly, you've seen my set. I don't talk about being short. They can see I'm short. Everybody in the room knows I'm short. There's yeah. no reason to write a joke about it, right? Like, yeah. So this guy does 20 short jokes in a row. I'm like, okay, so now let's talk about other things, people. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> he did apologize because like, yeah, you saw it. In front mm-hmm. of your face. That was weird, bro. Was yeah, like I feel like there can be such a cool differentiation where like, and I almost think that goes better. Like if the through line is that it's not hacky, Mm-hmm, you're pretty much going to do okay. Someone right. who's really high energy, someone who's absurd, someone who's, you know, like more monologue they can all go together and work fine. Right. As long as someone's not up there, like, using the microphone as their dick a whole bunch or yep, something, you Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. the crowd starts to just be like, no, oh, this yeah, feels so real. <laughs> so, so you stop doing all those materials? You <laughs> yeah. stop doing no, that? I'll never stop. <laughs> it's always my dick. <laughs> well, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for the tour. We're going to have you in Seattle, so we're oh, going to post man. on the website when you're going to be there so people can oh, see cool, you, right? Yeah. And, and uh, I'll, I'll put links to your CDs because I got them. I got them all, right? And <laughs> Thanks, so like man. they can uh, so they can get the CDs, listen to you, like you, so that by the time you come to Seattle, they're like, I know this guy. It's not just like you said. It's not just showing up at the club and being like, hey, my wife and I want to see some comedy tonight. They're going to be like, yeah. we're going to go see David. We loved, you know what I mean? So yeah, thanks, that's man. The be- yeah, that's the best way of doing it. I agree. I know? think so. I mean, that's everything subscription based, the Razor Clubs, et cetera. True. And I think entertainers are becoming that. Like, yeah. oh, you've got your little mailing list, your little group, and you go out and you perform your music or whatever it is to them. Yeah. And then hopefully they bring some friends. And yeah. that's the ideal situation. It's like that it contention is never going to go away. You're right. not going to ever find a room that's 100% no into what you're saying especially if you're offering up controversial something challenging yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so I I think it's I like doing it that way if nothing Mm -hmm. else feeling like okay well there's at least five people who are fond of what I do (laughs) fond (laughs) that should be the title of your next CD there's at least five people that are fond of what I'm doing that'd be the best title (laughs) I was telling someone a while ago I feel like I have like nine hardcore fans and they're spread out like across the whole planet Yeah, and that is a funny thing to think you'll get tweets like come to this city like I'll be there and there will be six of you in the room you know what's crazy because now you can with the computers you can check the algorithms Mm -hmm. is that there's a a, a buddy of mine and and, and their, uh, their podcast he's like watch this he's like Every as soon as I drop a new a new episode, uh, Puerto Rico lights up six times. Six people <laughs> really? in Puerto Rico, no, you know what I mean. But That's they're with subscribers, and they want it as soon as it's out. That's like, great. Never been, isn't that awesome? Like, yeah. Never been I don't know who they are, but I want so badly <laughs> to meet my six Puerto Rican friends that I've yeah. never met. You know what I mean? Like, oh, because it's so intimate with a podcast. Like yeah. they're here, they're listening to you every week. So six people in Puerto Rico. That's what's so strange too. Like you just float anything out there into the world. You don't Someone can reach up it. and snatch it from anywhere. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. We had we had some friends of ours who did a YouTube thing just to learn how YouTube works. And so two comics just, just did it and it was dumb. It's incredibly dumb, mm-hmm. but it was meant to be hacky. It was yeah. meant to be like, here's us being as hacky as possible because they just wanted to say, by the time we start our real YouTube channel, we want to know how to do it, how to film and learn on the fly. Suddenly their stupid hacky thing became popular. Like, oh no, we have to keep <laughs> playing these characters. This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's it's really the same funny. thing. It's because it's like, oh, we have a thousand subscribers. Good lord! Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this. The demand hacking. in demand now. I can also. I don't want these thousand people that like like this to like me. They're going to see That's the real me. I'll never like, forgive for Dan Whitney, who became Larry the Cable Guy, because he, he he had he, good re- he had good jokes as Dan Whitney. Really good jokes. Was, well, I mean, he still did the stuff about like his grandmother scooching across the floor like a dog with worms, yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Like, I mean, but appealing it, to that. He that Yeah, he crafted his jokes and like he was a joke writer but yeah. but his normal type of speaking was just kind of more like this hey buddy oh yeah you know, and then he yeah. just kind of brought it down here how are yeah. you, you know, like he, <laughs> that's true he that's was just true. a call-in radio guy but like people he would do shows and say like I'm, i don't know if you listen to 93.8 or whatever but blah 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 and then people would 
he would do I I play a character on that show called Larry the Cable Guy and people would go oh cool oh, and then, then he'd do like 10 that. minutes and then he'd go alright that's enough of Larry let's get back people would be like bring back Larry well, I want more Larry uh, so, like, so you have to you have to double it if you provide a slight amount of demand and there's a risk that like it could become a huge amount of demand and you now that you cave in but you're like you have this to is em- lucrative you suddenly have to embrace that yeah ah oh, brutal that <laughs> so, is brutal so your buddies could be because jo- I would hear from so many comics like yeah I worked with them and he would be in the green room being like dude I'm what I'm about to go do on stage is not me but it's just this character I play and the comics go, yeah yeah sure and then he'd be up there like hey the old queer was blah, blah, blah. yeah like, you know? that's yeah that's uh, and that sucks because he slowly just morphed into it and so your buddies that started that YouTube channel like that's suddenly yeah. becomes like this weird be slippery careful. slope it's a slippery slope you gotta yeah. be careful yeah the, uh, that's so funny there's a comedian that I that I just like I like you know what I mean and then, so when you get to when you start to perform more you get to meet people that you go from idolizing them to be like oh we're not contemporaries by any stretch but mm-hmm. at least we get to hang out and be you know what I mean like yeah we had, we had a fun show and let's enjoy and um I could not believe one actors always have stage Clark Gable's name is not Clark Gable you know what I mean right, right yeah uh, with Bob Dylan's Robert Zimmerman right yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, right? and so but I but comedians you're Zach Galifianakis you like I'm not changing my name this mm-hmm. is who I am and I did not know it's not that big a deal but I did not know that was their real name oh sure yeah so uh-huh. when I'm there you know, I'm there with the other comic and, and, and then the two of them know each other and he introduces me and he introduces me by his first name and his voice is different I mean, as a comic, because we struggle so hard for authenticity, yeah, that, yeah. that drove me crazy. That yeah. drove me crazy. And I, that made me immediately, uh, the first thing I thought of was weirdly, all of his fans. I was like, oh, all of your fans are being swindled. They want yeah. it. That's what they want. They want that <laughs> version of you. But I feel horrible. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was like, now I can't even watch his comedy. I can't even like. Oh, definitely. Like, it's like, that's <laughs> not your real name. And that's your real voice. Like, wow. Yeah. You made such a trumped up version of yourself. Like your normal speaking voice is delightful. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Well, and especially when it's dumber than them. You get off stage and they're chatting very, very articulately about like world economics and policy and things like, you know, wow, this person knows their shit. And then they get yeah. on stage and they're like, listen, I took a YouTube tutorial. I don't know shit yeah. about that. And you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I've always loved about you is you are who you are and your material always speaks to you. So when I finally got to meet you, I was like, good. He's <laughs> he's who I wanted him to be. He is him, right? Oh, thanks, so, man. so I'm excited for Seattle. I'm excited for the tour. So we'll put, thanks, we'll put all the links up on the site so people can check your dates and be like oh he's in eugene i'm gonna be in eugene he's there you know yeah so, i'll be all through that area it's thanks gonna be, man i really it's appreciate gonna be, it it's gonna be tight yeah good yeah. scene brother i don't know how to end these, i don't know how to end these things so this this is how we ended <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that would actually work hey you got one <laughs> well, thanks buddy you bet, brother. wasn't that great he is uh just a fascinating guy i wish we could have talked more and god knows we'll cross paths again and we'll do it again it's, it's it's fun to chat with him and again uh check him out he's gonna be in seattle on monday may 29th and he's gonna be in olympia on tuesday may 30th so if you're a fan of comedy and you know what good comedy is he's the guy you're going to want to see because he's very he has a very unique aesthetic and um and i think uh people who appreciate good comedy will appreciate it and also again send us an email send us a message get in touch with us on any sort of social media or email and let us know if you want to get the dvd it's called one-headed beast uh twenty dollars and you get free tickets to either one of those shows so just hit us up and let us know um but it's a great way to enjoy david and uh, and, ha- and have a piece of him a part of him and it would, it would help everybody it's just a cool thing to do it would make you you'd be a lot cooler if you did as uh wooderson would say um well, again, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, that was the second part of our three-character arc of the of the uh, career of a comic. And uh, once again, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Amino Complete RX and Baxel, and uh, be sure to sign up for the membership, and we will see you in a week. Peace! Everything you know is wrong should be listened to for entertainment purposes only. Although some guests on the show are medical doctors, most are not, and the host is barely even a person. Nothing you hear on this podcast or read on our website should be considered medical advice. Consult your doctor and use common sense before doing anything you might think have a lasting effect on your body, mind, or spirit.